You are listening to a sermon from Mission Point St. John. We hope this message encourages a deeper connection between you and Jesus, our Savior. this morning of course this is our remembrance day service and this is the last sunday before remembrance day and so we decided to have our remembrance day service this morning and of course we give great honor to everyone that sacrificed uh, so that we can come actually and be in the house of the lord this morning in liberty and freedom and to worship god the way we're able to this morning not everywhere in the world are they able to do what we are doing this morning and so i thank god for the country we live in and uh, of all the things that you may think may be wrong with the country we have a lot of things that are right and i thank god for the privilege that we have to live in canada i wouldn't want to live anywhere else in the world and uh, we just welcome everyone that comes to canada we're so thankful that you are part of this country and uh, this morning uh, first part we're going to have Brother George come, and I'll speak at the end. But Brother George was a member of the French Foreign Legion, and he is uh, our military representative and obviously has a, a great uh, history and story to tell. George is a unique person, very disciplined, and um, he's a good friend. We meet on a regular basis, always brings me coffee. George, we're just thankful that you are part of this church. Would you come and minister what's on your heart this morning? Would you stand in honor of George Knopfler today as he comes to speak to you? Thank you very much, Pastor. Wow, it's been a while. Three years, three years I haven't been up here. Yep, I shaved. Three years I haven't shaved. Um, I just want to thank you, church, for your support that you have given me through COVID times. For those who have reached out, I thank you very much for your support that you have given me. Very, very much appreciated. Um, I want to say thanks my thank yous first. Big thank you for Pastor Carter. It's an honor, a deep honor for me to be up here to preach. I'm not a licensed minister yet, but for you to have me come up here on the platform and to preach, it's a very, very, very honor and a privilege that I do not take for granted. Brother Robinson, I thank you very much for mentoring me on this subject that I'll be talking today, this sermon, a very difficult one. I thank you for your guidance, your mentorship, and I appreciate you a lot, and I'm happy to be working with you in the future. I want to say thank you to, where is he, Brother Mun? There he is, who opened the door for the missions, who gave me the bug. I want to say thank you for that. Um, just to throw it out there, I am working on a missions trip 
there's one working on the place. I was talking to Brother Jason Long last night. In fact, he's watching the service today. So for all those who want to go on a mission trip, start getting your passports worked. It takes a very long time to get your passports done, so get to work on that and your vaccines, not just COVID, but all the other vaccines we need to go abroad. I want to give special thanks to Irma for making me look good today, <laughs> making me feel like a soldier again. All the hard work you did on my uniform, thank you very much. Another shout out to Sister Kelsey Munn, or Kelsey Carter, sorry, oops, I made a big, huge mistake there, um, for Remembrance Day photo shoot that she's gonna be doing for Julie and I, and I appreciate that very, 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 very much. Um, another person that I'd like to give a big shout out or a great, great big thank you. This person opened the door spiritually for me. This person showed me what faith is and how to have faith. This person is a very forgiven person. And because of that person, I would not be here today. And I want to thank my beautiful wife, Julie. Thank you for all what you've done, all the support that you give me, putting up with me, because I am a handful. <laughs> and I thank you very much for that. So today is Remembrance Day. Um, I just want to give you a little brief history on Remembrance Day. Remembrance Day was originally called Armistice Day was the day that the treaty was signed, 11th hour, 11th month, 11th day. Armistice Day was inaugurated in 1919 by King George V and was held throughout the British Empire on the second Monday in November. In 1924, the Canadian Parliament passed on Armistice Day bill to observe the ceremonies on the first Monday in the week of November 11th. However, this combined the event with Thanksgiving Day. In 1928, some prominent citizens, many of them veterans, pushed for a greater recognition and separate the remembrance of wartime sacrifice from the Thanksgiving holiday. In 1931, the federal government decreed that the newly named Remembrance Day would be observed on the 11th of November and moved Thanksgiving Day to October. That I did not know. Remembrance Day would emphasize the memory of the fallen soldiers instead of the political and military events leading to the victory in the First World War. So today we are here to honor those who are fallen, um, our veterans within the church, Jason Cannon, Terry Wood. Also we honor our veterans that are no longer with us, Brother Leonard, and Brother Stewart. So at this time, I ask you to stand. We can sing O Canada.
remain standing for the word. <laughs> Don't sit down yet. <laughs> I'm not finished. Um, I also just remind you, I, I do this on every Remembrance Day tradition. I have little soldiers here, little plastic soldiers. Um, at the end of the service, please take one. Um, I ask you this week, it's Veterans Week, Remembrance Day, stop on the 11th, have two minutes of silence, take a veteran out for lunch, or send him a card if you know a veteran, make him feel appreciated, and your appreciation for what he has done. And a little soldier here, please take one like I, I do every, every Remembrance Day. I'm going to be reading Matthew 25th, verses 1 to 13. From the New International Version. At that time, the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five of them were wise. The foolish ones took their lamps but did not take any oil with them. The wise ones, however, took oil in the jars along with their lamps. The bridegroom was a long time in coming, and they came they all became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight, the cry rang out, Here's the bridegroom. Come out to meet him. Then all the virgins woke up, trimmed, up, trimmed their lamps. The foolish ones said to the wise, Give us some of your oil. Our lamps are, are going out. No, they replied. There may be not enough for both of us and you. Instead, go to those who sell the oil and buy some for yourselves. But while they were on their way to buy oil, the bridegroom arrived. The virgins who were ready went in with him to the wedding banquet, and the door was shut. Later the others also came. Lord, Lord, they said, open the door for us. But he replied, truly, I tell you, I don't know. I don't know you. Therefore, keep watch, because you do not know the day or the hour. I ask Brother Carter for prayer, for opening the service in prayer. The last, few, the last few sermons that have been preached, God has been sending me a message. Brother Gary Tracy preached on the miraculous seed. Brother Jason Brooks preached on changing. Brother Paul Thornton preached on strength training. Brother Jacob Green preached victory is in the grip. Pastor Carter preached on crossing over. And recently, Brother John McNair preached on Together We Are Better. These last few months, God has been putting things in my mind. Brothers Tracy's sermon, there was a quote that really got me. And the quote was, God knows the end to the beginning. Time for him is not based on our time. He's internal. God is not governed by time. He created time. And that's why he has directed me to preach today on this topic, running out of time. A few years ago, um, I had to do 
a selection or a selection of tests every year. We, as lifeguards, we have to do physical tests every two years. So I had to do my usual tests, you know, going in the water 14 feet, picking up a brick, uh, doing my 50 meter head up swim, doing my 400 swim in 10 minutes. And, uh, you know, usually there, there's not a problem for me to do that. And I, you know, I enjoy that. Um, at that time, I did put on a lot of weight. Um, I guess it's married life and a Pentecostal diet. Anyways, as I was swimming, I started having extreme chest pains in my chest. And I'm just going, oh, maybe I'm just forcing it too hard. They became more intense, more intense, like there was a rock crushing my chest, and I couldn't breathe. I finished the swim. I did a record time, five minutes and 30 seconds. I was fast. And I got out of the water, and I was in not good shape. The first thing I did is I went to the garbage can, and I started throwing up, and I was throwing up and I was throwing up, and I was throwing up. I couldn't stop. Said to our instructor, listen, I'm gonna finish this. I'm gonna do this later, another day when I feel better. And I went home, and driving along Water Street, <laughs> was still throwing up out the window, had to stop the truck, go into a parking lot, throw up in the parking lot, and I couldn't stop throwing up. And I'm going, oh my. Deep down, I knew what I was having. I was having a heart attack. I know I was having a heart attack because I've treated heart attacks before. I had all the symptoms, every single symptom I had, but I was denying it. So I went home, lied down, got through it, told Julie I was overexerted myself, and uh, the next day I took the day off sick. As the months go by, or years go by, I knew that I had suffered a heart attack. I didn't tell anyone, I didn't tell Julie, I didn't, you know, I didn't really emphasize anything about that. I, I never told anyone, basically. And I just kept that to myself. And, uh, you know, now and again, I would have a little bit of chest pains and, and you know, just keep on living, right? I'm a soldier, you go through it, you push through it. During the second year of COVID, I found my mother with a respiratory failure one evening. Her heart was failing, her lungs were filling up with, with fluid. We had to rush her to hospital, so we rushed her to the hospital, and then, in fact, she was having major valve issues. She, six, seven months later, she went into hospital and had a major heart surgery. Um, was very difficult. I remember dropping her off at the door of the regional and just say, well, I love you, mom. Wish you all the best. And that's all. And I had to wait by the phone for several hours to find out what the surgeon would say. She pulled through. In fact, she's, she's strong. She's old school. And uh, I thank God for that. However, that made in my mind, that made me think and I said, well, I should do something about it. My previous doctor was appointment. I had high cholesterol. 
I had di I was borderline diabetes, so I said, ah, you're a time bomb, a walking time bomb. You got to look after yourself. So that's when I started to lose weight. That's when I started to, to change my habits and change my lifestyle of eating and, and being active and training and, and going into sport full swing. Everyone pressured me to get my heart checked out. Of course, that was the last thing I wanted to do because I knew what I, was, what I had. I just didn't want to admit it, you know. And uh, I remember going to Dr. Cardiologue. He did an ECG and right away he said, George, something's not right. And in my head I said, here we go. <laughs> here we go. And after that, he sent me off to do a nuclear scan. And of course, they found a mark. And after that, they sent me on another exam, an angiogram, which is usually a once-in-a-lifetime examine. They put a catheter up into your heart and inject it with dye to see where the flow is going. Well, out of three arteries, I have one that is 100% blocked. However, the heart did its own collateral bypass. Thank God. He looked after me. He watched out for me. Out of seven people who went and to do the angiogram, I was the only one that left the hospital. And the doctor said to me, he said, George, keep doing what you're doing. Keep eating, keep doing sport, be active. I had no stints, a couple little medication, and I get checked up regularly. And he said, everything is fine. And I thank God for that. The reason why I'm telling you this story is I hid that from a lot of people. I only told people when I knew what was happening. And, and, and today is the first time I tell the whole congregation because amongst you, there was only a couple of people that knew what I went through. And I hid that. In our human nature, it's easy to hide things. We don't want people to see what we hide. We don't want people to know what's going on with our lives. We don't, we, it, it, it's something that we as human beings do. In our world, our society, we hide a lot of things. Right, right now, on our back door, we have people who are paying their groceries with a credit card because they don't have enough money. We have kids going to school with no food. We have tent villages all around St. John. Just ask Brother Beckerton, Brother Dale, the poverty that's happening in our city with inflation. Worldwide. I've seen conflicts, been involved in conflicts in four continents. I've seen genocide in Africa, and I've seen camps, concentration camps in Europe, which wasn't supposed to happen after the Second World War, which it did.
in the 90s in Bosnia-Herzegovina. In our Christian lives, we do the same thing. We hide things. Um, we come to church. We act like everything is okay. We raise our hands and worship. We go through the motions. But we are hiding things we don't want people to know that we're involved in. Sin, weights, addiction. And we want it just to see. No one wants to see what's happening, really. But however God sees it, we don't need to confess to anyone about it. But the very one we hide things from is the one who can help us. I don't know where I'm going with this, so bear with me. But I think God has placed this in my heart. Um, I don't really want to talk about doomsday or anything like this. But we're at a time in our lives or time in this world that we really have to, to think about things. We have to humble ourselves before God, submit our will to his, and ask him for help. In the story of Matthew 25th, Jesus highlights ten virgins were waiting on the bridegroom to come. They had trimmed their lamps. The foolish ones did not have enough oil. They went to the wise, asking for some of their own oil. While the foolish were on their way to buy more oil, the bridegroom came and missed out. The door was shut. Their opportunity was lost. God wants us to be ready for him. And the only way we can do it is to make sure our oil doesn't run out. We have to put oil in our lamps. The oil in the story represents his spirit. The lamp, rep the lamp represents our life. He is the bridegroom. We are waiting on to return. If we don't take the time every day to get into his presence, we will run out. And we can't afford to run out of oil when we are running out of time. He wants to develop and to mature us. Matthew 35. Jesus went through all the towns and villages teaching. When he sees the crowds, he has compassion on them. And because they were like sheep without a shepherd, but the harvest in plentiful, but the laborers were few. God wants us to submit to work on our Christian lives and help people around us. We don't want to be found empty when he returns. We want us full of his presence. You don't have to be a missionary or evangelist. One way that we can be an influence is to have God shine through us. There's, you know, something I like to share here. I work with a lot of young people, and I love working with the young people. They keep me young. They keep me on my toes. I like that. And every September before they go off to university, I get a couple cards, and I had one card from a young man. And it said on the card, too old for TikTok, too young for the home. And I'll read you what he said. Dear George, 
Thank you for teaching me all you know and making me a better person. I will be back soon to work with you again, and I will miss our daily updates and motivation. Keep progressing daily and live life to the fullest. The question I ask myself is, did he see Jesus through me? Did he see the love of God? Did he see my light shine through me? Every time I look at that card now, I think about that. We all have things that we have to get right with God. We all have struggles. We all have problems. We all have difficulties. And... Hold on, bear with me. Where is my page? Oh, oh, I lost my page. That's not good. Where is my page? There we go. <laughs> Sorry, I'm all mixed up. <laughs> we have all difficulties and problems. We use the devil's plot, his mindset, to change our attitude, to change our ways, to get away from him. God is very clear in his answer. We are running out of time. There's a quote that the pastor says all the time. It says, you know, wake up. He likes to wake up and smell the roses. My saying is, wake up and smell the coffee. Matthew 24, um, Matthew 24, 38 39. I just want to read a quote, or sorry, I'm going to go by Matthew 24, 3, 8 first. As Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately, tell, tell us, they said, what will happen? And what will be the sign of your coming at, at the end of age? And Jesus answered, watch out that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name, claiming I am the Messiah, and will deceive many. You will hear of wars and rumor of wars, but see to it that you are not alarmed. Such things must happen, but the end is still to come. Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in various places. And all these things are the beginning of birth pains. Just take a look what's happening around the world today. North Korea, we have missiles flying in the air from south and north. We have the Americans just yesterday that sent a squadron of heavy B-1 attack bombers. The tension is high in North Korea. Japan in the middle is very, very, very nervous. Look what's happening in Ukraine. Um, I have contacts in Ukraine right now that are fighting. I have one person that um, I know of, and he, he reached out to me one day when he, when he was home from the front and was able to, to message. He sent me a message, and he said to me this. He said, George, I've done more fighting in one month than I did a year in Afghanistan. And that's a seasoned soldier. Things are happening in Europe that we never dreamed that would happen, but they're bringing us back to the Second World War. Cities, mass destruction, civilians being injured and hurt. 
These things we all have to take into account. Like I said, God is very clear in his answer. You know, we are running out of time. Matthew 24, 38, 39. For in the days before the flood, people were eating and drinking, marrying and giving marriage up to the day Noah entered the ark. And they knew nothing about what would happen until the flood came and took them all away. We don't have time, church. Time is running out. For those who are going through difficulties, for those who are having problems, for those who have reasons for not coming to church, for those who have anger within themselves, you don't have the time. You need oil. You need oil in your lamps. You need to come to God, to be with God. Just before I be closing here, I let the pastor repair all the damage I did. Matthew 24, 13. But the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. Thank you very much, church. Don't forget your little soldier. Amen. Thank you, George. And um, for George's sincerity, and it is true, uh, we are running out of time. And uh, some people think, well, that was just, um, that's something that we've heard for a long time. Let me tell you, the coming of the Lord is closer than it's ever been. And we better prepare ourselves for the coming of the Lord. We are soldiers. We are soldiers. Paul's very... Um, very clear in, in comparing us to soldiers. Thou therefore, my son, endure hardness, he said, as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. If you look at Scripture, you can go all the way back to the Old Testament, and maybe one of the greatest military people that you see in the Old Testament is Joshua. Israel, in Joshua's day, um, they, they're, they're kind of up against uh, quite a few battles, and you can read those throughout the book of Joshua. And they're experiencing life like they had never experienced it before. They've gone almost 500 years without having a home. They were in bondage for 430 years. They wandered in the wilderness for 40 years. They're getting close to 500 years without having a home. They don't own land. And they have this great military leader uh, that comes to the scene after Moses has died. Joshua chapter 1 verse 2, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, thou and all this people, unto the land which I do give to them, even to the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given unto you as I said unto Moses. It's, it's time for us actually to move forward. It's time for us to take what God has 
for you. It's time for us to walk in the realms that God has always destined you to walk in. We are running out of time. We're running out of time. The Lord is coming, and I don't know about you, but I have no desire to be complacent in the place that I am in now. God, take us to the next level. Take us to the next dimension. Take us to where you want us to do. The word tread in this verse, it comes, comes from the word that means, uh, that's Derek. Take up your weapons and fight is what it means. Command still used today within the Israel army. Every place that God wants for you, you may have to fight for. You may have to say, I'm unwilling to remain in the position I'm in. But because of the time that we have left, we're going to tread, amen, upon whatever God has in store for you and I in the future. I don't know about you, but we are in a time of transition into a new realm, a new experience, a new dimension, a new plateau that God has for us. I am am desiring that I and you together as the church of the living God move forward into what God has for every one of us. We are soldiers. Even Canada has peace soldiers. Thankful, I'm thankful that we have peace soldiers. I don't want to just be a peace soldier. I want to walk right into the territory of what the enemy has and thinks is his and say that's no longer yours. Amen. Whether it's 500 years, 50 years, 5 years, or 5 years, 5 days, or 5 hours. God has something in store for his people. Because time is short. And time is of the essence for the coming of the Lord. And you and I have to walk in the realm that God has for every one of us to attain. Amen. What God has in store. Tread. Derek. Pick up your weapons and fight. This is what Joshua chapter 3 And verse 3 says, And they commanded the people, saying, When ye see the ark of the covenant of the Lord, that's the presence of God, and the priests and the Levites bearing it, then ye shall remove from your place and go after it. When God's presence is present, amen, it's time for us to move with it. Amen. His presence is not going to stay stagnant. It's going to move forth. It's going to go forward into what he has. So it's time for the church, amen, to go after it. Yet there shall be a space between you and it, about 2,000 cubits by measure. Come not near unto it, and ye may know the way by which ye must go. For ye have not passed this way hither to before, or here to before. You've not gone this way before, he said, but he has somewhere for you and I to go. And Joshua said unto the people, Sanctify yourselves for tomorrow, or for the morrow the Lord will do wonders among you. That is transitioning into the new experience that God has. In 2022, it can't be just as it's always been. Our lamps must be full. They must be burning bright. And we must be willing to take the territory that God has in store. Three examples quickly. I know what time it is. I'll end it quickly. George, you did good on keeping the time. Three examples. The lesson of Jericho is that God's people 
don't simply fight for victory, but from victory. Because the Lord has already won the battle. And so you're not just fighting for victory. You're already fighting from a place of strength of victory. Say, well, you know what? Uh, uh, how, how, do you, how do you explain that? Well, all you have to do is look at the weapons that they used to defeat Jericho. I mean, they're using a lamp and a pitcher, a trumpet. They're already victorious. They're not expecting to try to win some battle with, with weapons of warfare. No, God's already won the battle. You and I can walk forward because God's already won. The lesson of Jordan, this is the second battle, is that private altars of dedication in the midst of the river must be first uh, before you can see what God has on the other side of the, of the river. The celebration, the shore. In the middle of the river, there's altars, uh, stones that represent uh, that God's presence can see when nothing else can see. And yet on the other side, people get to uh, see what God has done for you. Listen, God has already won your battle for you. You are a soldier on the winning team. I don't have time to go through all the, the, the comments about AI. It's the third battle that's seen uh, within the scripture and, and uh, that is mentioned about Joshua. But you and I this morning, are, we're soldiers and we're, we're dealing with God's time, and it's, it's no time for us to take a back seat, take a break, rest. No, it's time to move forward and tread with, with, uh, into territory that God has in store for you. <laughs> Amen. I'm, talking, I'm not talking about uh, battling people. The Bible is very clear. You're not wrestling against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and spiritual wickedness in high places. Uh, yeah, the strongholds of the enemy must come down. <laughs> Amen. The strongholds and the high places uh, of what this world thinks it is in store uh, and has charge over. Let me tell you, God's in charge. Uh, you are a soldier already on the winning team hear it I'll end it with this music come I am a soldier in the army of my God the Lord Jesus Christ is my commanding officer the Holy Bible is my code of conduct faith prayer and the word are my weapons of warfare I have been taught by the Holy Spirit trained by experience, tried by adversity, and tested by fire. I am a volunteer in this army, and I am enlisted for eternity. I will either retire in this army at the rapture or die in this army, but I will not get out, sell out, be talked out, or pushed out. I am faithful Reliable, capable, and dependable. If my God needs me, I am there. If he needs me in Sunday school to teach children, work with youth, help adults, or just sit and learn, he can use me because I am there. I am a soldier. I'm not a baby. I do not need to be pampered, petted, 
primmed up, pumped up, picked up, or pepped up. I am a soldier. No one has to call me, remind me, write me, visit me, entice me, or lure me. I am a soldier. I'm not a wimp. I'm in place saluting my king, obeying his orders, praising his name, and building his kingdom. No one has to send me flowers, gifts, food, cards, candy, or give me a handout. I don't need to be cuddled, cradled, cared for, or catered to. I am a soldier. I'm committed. I cannot have my feelings hurt bad enough to turn me around. I can't be discouraged enough to turn me aside. I cannot lose enough to cause me to quit. When Jesus called me into this army, I had nothing. And if I end up with nothing, I come out even. I will win. My God will supply all my need. I am more than a conqueror. I will always triumph. I can do all things through Christ. Devils can't defeat me. People can't delusion me. Weather can't weary me. And sickness can't stop me. Battles cannot beat me up. Money cannot buy me. Governments cannot silence me. And hell cannot handle me. I'm a soldier. Amen. In God's army. Even death cannot destroy me. For when my commander calls me from this battlefield, he will promote me to a captain and then bring me back to rule this world with him. I'm a soldier in the army and I'm marching claiming victory. I will not give in. I will not turn around. I'm a soldier marching heaven bound. I wish there was a whole church that would stand to your feet this morning and say I'm ready pastor to to move to the next dimension. You heard it this morning. We're running out of time. It's no time to play church patty cake for God. Amen. And just come and do a little bit of this and that. It's time for the church, the church of the living God, to stand on its feet triumphant, hallelujah and walk into the enemy's territory with one thing in mind, this is my land, this is my people, this is my God this is my conqueror this is my champion hallelujah, why don't you fill this altar this morning with people that are ready ready and ready to be a soldier for the almighty God now therefore my son endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ hallelujah let the power of God's presence and the power of his spirit flood over your soul this morning you can't do anything alone but with God nothing is impossible you can do nothing in yourself but with the power of the Holy Ghost that's inside of you all things are possible this is a remembrance service 
We're thanking God for the people that died, gave their lives sacrificially, literally, that we can come to the house of the Lord this morning and worship Him in liberty and freedom. I don't know about you. I'm not going to take that for granted. I'm not going to take two years of basically being shut down and leave for granted again. I've come to the house of the Lord. I'm a soldier in God's army. Hallelujah. And I'm claiming victory. Thank you for joining us today. If you want more information, connect with us on our website at missionpoint.ca. God bless you.